I think photography in opposition to other mediums, it's like the process of like thinking about the work starts after you take the picture. Conversations about the work behind the work with diverse artists from all over the globe. My name is Ruby Josephine Smith, and not only am I the creator and host of this podcast, I am a choreographer and contemporary dance artist based in Tangier, Morocco. This is a podcast in process about process. I am not only fascinated by the creative process itself, but how to have better and more meaningful conversations about it. Join me in digging deep into what it is that drives a person to make art. I am thrilled to share this first conversation of 2020 with a very talented Moroccan photographer, deep thinking artist, and my good friend, Hisham Gardaf. Before I dive into it though, I just have a couple brief things to mention and share. Thank you so much if you've been a listener from the beginning here. And if you want to help support the growth and expansion of this podcast, there are a few ways to do that. The best way to help out is to share this podcast directly with your friends. Tell them about it, screenshot it, share it on social media. Let's spread these conversations about art. Another thing you can do is to rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It only takes a second to leave five stars and a couple nice words, and it helps immensely so that other people can more easily find it. The final and new way that you can be a direct supporter of this work is by buying me a coffee. It's a secure and uplifting platform for artists and creators to receive what you can think of as kind of like tips for the work they provide. To ensure that I can sustain this project and keep making it better and better, you can head over to buymeacoffee.com slash rubyjoe or find the link in the show notes to make a contribution. Really though, the best kind of support is just listening and interacting. So thank you for being here and I hope you enjoy this episode. Let me get on to introducing my guest today. Hisham Gardaf is a photographer who was born in Tangier, Morocco and is currently based in London. Hisham's work at its center poses questions that investigate transformations of contemporary landscape, spatiality, and politics of space. Although it's true that his main medium of expression is photography, he often incorporates various forms of image experimentation such as video and installation into his work as well. His work has been shown at guest projects in London, Museum of Contemporary Art in Marrakech, Beit Beirut in Beirut, La Friche La Belle de May in Marseille, Sorry, I got really French there for a second. <laughs> Bibliothèque Nationale de France and Institut du Monde Arabe in Paris. I never know if I should change accent when I'm saying something in French. Sorry if that sounded really pretentious, but those are the names of the museum. Anyway, while Hisham was back in Tangier for a brief trip home, I invited him over for a coffee and this conversation on a busy Tangier afternoon, hence the occasional traffic sound outside, forgive us for that, in which we really dove into how his lifelong love of looking at pictures and images transformed into taking and curating them in his own art. In his sweetly soft-spoken and uniquely humble way, Hisham shared with me a little bit about how he got to where he is as an artist by seizing opportunities and recognizing his luck, his interests in the relationship between photography, painting, and cinema, some of Tangier's history that he has been documenting and researching in terms of de development and architecture, his interest in vague space and why, for him, the creative process of being a photographer is backwards. 
I learned so much about photography, history, and our relationships to space through this conversation, and I hope you are as inspired as I am. Here is my conversation with Hisham Gardaf. Well, welcome to Process Peace. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Of course, we've been talking about doing this for a long time, so I'm glad we're finally here and we made it happen. Yeah. Um, So I always start these in about the same place. Um, And I'd like to ask you, what is your first memory of creating something? So it's going to be a bit funny because... uh, (laughs) No, it's not funny, but it just... um, I think it started with uh, dance. Really? (laughs) Um, I did not know this. (laughs) Break dance. So so I think I was um, 13 years ago, Mm -hmm. uh, 13 years old. And Mm -hmm. um, I was studying at college and... um, you know, I had some friends who were already like uh, practicing mm-hmm. uh, breakdance, and um, so it wasn't in Tangier because I used to live in another city with my okay. parents. Where did you live? Um, so it was in Ksar el Kabir. Oh yeah, because um, both of my parents they were teaching there, and um, so yeah, I think that was the very first um, activity I mm-hmm. thought was sort of creative. I, it just felt um, very. We used to go to the street and like mm-hmm. to, to gather and uh, dance and just like have this like battles and stuff like really? that. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. I had no idea that you ever danced. <laughs> but, you know, I, I didn't um, continue because then mm-hmm. we went back to Tangier and okay. I didn't have like sort of... The community? Yeah, like so I sort of abandoned it. Yeah. Okay, okay. And mm. where did the visual aspect start coming in? Do you have a memory of first creating something maybe in the visual arts? Uh, yes. So it started with um, my job at a bookshop. So I was working in a bookshop. Right. And I, so I already had this sort of relationship with photography because um, since I was little, I was sort of haunted by my grandparents' family album. Mm. And I would always go back to it. Uh, each time we go to visit my grandma and sort of look at those pictures that I found very beautiful but also very um, enigmatic in a way hmm. uh, because that sort of showed me like an era that I didn't know before yeah. so I always had like questions to ask to my mom or to my grandmother so when I was working at uh, the bookshop I so I, I came across a book that sort of uh, gathered like uh, photographers it was like a agency called Magnum mm-hmm. Photos and um, so it's had like sort of a collection of pictures by the photographers of the agency okay. um, and that sort of that was the moment when I felt oh that's a bit different from mm-hmm. what I know like the photography I know uh, and uh, so that was the moment when I decided to start taking pictures myself mm-hmm. so I bought a camera and I started taking pictures without having any uh, idea where I'm it it was just like a sort of thing I wanted to do Mm -hmm. and so I would say that the sort of first moment I I felt like I was doing something creative although I didn't know if I was what I was doing was good or not yeah Um, you just did it on a whim yeah so I just like taking pictures and I felt very excited about it and Mm -hmm. um and then 
you know, I mean, there's, it's, it's very long, the story. That's okay. <laughs> we can get into it. <laughs> um, so afterwards, I, I, I stopped taking pictures because mm-hmm. I thought, um, you know, there's no reason for me to keep doing that. Right. Because, you know, why am I doing this? Um, huh. You know, there was nobody who could tell me if what I was doing good or not, mm-hmm. to advise me what to do. So I decided to stop um, taking pictures. Hmm. And so one day uh, there was someone who came to the bookshop and um, so that was almost two years later. Oh, and wow. um, he asked me if he, if, if, um, where he can find actually some postcards mm-hmm. uh, that were sent from Europe to Morocco in the 70s or 80s. Mm-hmm. And I told him, well, I'm not sure if you can find it in the shop, but mm-hmm. I have a collection at home that I can bring you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because uh, my mom's uncle used to travel in Europe and he would send like postcards. Mm-hmm. So I brought him the postcards and then we had a little exchange, like conversation. First, we just like exchange our emails and mm-hmm. uh, I told him, well, I'm taking pictures. Mm-hmm. And he told me, okay, can you please send me your work? That's brave already to tell kind of a stranger, you yeah, know, I'm taking yeah. pictures if you don't feel so confident as a photographer already. Um, yeah, because he was himself, sorry, he was himself a photographer. Oh, okay, so... So that made connection. sense. And so I sent him the pictures and then four months later he wrote to me and said, oh yeah, by the way, um, I have this space in Marseille that I just created and mm-hmm. I'm organizing um, a round table about, around, about uh, Moroccan, contemporary Moroccan photography. Mm. And he asked me to actually he wanted to invite me to the, wow. the roundtable so that felt oh wow that's really amazing yeah and, uh, it's validating yeah, as an artist yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was the moment when I decided to um, go back and take pictures again mm-hmm. because I thought oh maybe I should have some new work to show yeah um, so then I went to Marseille and we had the sort of roundtable and at the end of the round table um there was a woman who came to see me and she uh introduced herself as a gallerist so mm-hmm. she's my gallerist today oh really um, nice who's based in marrakesh and she told me oh would you like to work with me like shall we wow. work together um so that was sort of moments when i felt oh maybe this is actually what i should yeah focus on and maybe you know yeah um, i have to have to say to invest more in the Sure. In the process yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah. That's so interesting. It sounds like it was really a mixture of luck with these opportunities, but also you being able to put yourself out there, even if you didn't feel like an established photographer yet, you had the courage to actually say to someone, oh, look, I make this work and send it to them, which is which is not easy for everyone. I think I just felt comfortable with the person, yeah. although I was not the person who's very, I think I was, I mean, I'm still a bit... Uh, reserved and uh, but I think I was very shy at the moment so mm, yeah I think if he wasn't like someone who with whom I felt comfortable I wouldn't probably sure yeah say that yeah exactly <laughs> and it's interesting I I just noticed how you said you looked at a lot of pictures when you were younger as well and you're always looking through the postcards and the albums and you know you always hear about with photographers and visual artists in general that they have an eye for their work um and so I'm wondering how you've seen that process of cultivating your photographer's eye. Mm-hmm. Um, because to me, it sounds like perhaps it started with actually looking at the photos and then being able to replicate what you wanted. Mm-hmm. So how do you see those connections? 
Well, I think, um, I mean, I always think of photography as a, a medium that is sort of, um, it is about actually observation. It's a lot about looking mm. at things. Um, yeah. And I don't know how I caught it. I think I've been looking at a lot of pictures, a lot of photographers, but also when I started, I was also interested in photography in films. So mm. I was also looking at a lot of movies and trying to sort of understand um, how the light works, how the composition mm. works, actually more than the photographs itself, like oh, the still photographs. So I think what I started doing was mainly trying to experiment with just like light and like just like try things out and see mm -hmm. how uh, things looks in later like I think there's this mm -hmm. um, uh, quote by um, American photographer uh, his name is Gary Vinogrand mm -hmm. and he said I take pictures because I want to see how um, things looks in pictures you know how mm -hmm. life looks in pictures and I think I was just doing that I was just like taking pictures because I want to see how things translate into in, like how they look in a picture and yeah. um so i think but just by doing that and i think also i've been you know i've, I've been just like working a lot and taking pictures and yeah. um trying out things and um i don't know i think looking at other artists is mm -hmm. the best way to yeah. to learn um Sorry, I think I lost the... No, no, I think that's it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember what was the that's question. Okay, Sorry. it was just kind of a comment on that fact of um, how, how looking translates into then replicating. Um, and that's exactly what you've been doing. Um, who were some of your early inter uh, influences in terms of photographers and also films? Yeah, so I think photographers, I think there's a lot of photographers, but I... There's, so there's... Stephen Shaw, mm -hmm. he's an American photographer. There is um, Levis Bart, mm -hmm. who's also a photographer, American photographer. Mm -hmm. um, there was um, uh, William Eccleston. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so these are a few photographers that okay. I've been looking at a lot when I yeah. started. And then um, in terms of movies, um, there is... Uh, um, Michael Angelo mm -hmm. Antonioni, who's an Italian uh, filmmaker. There is uh, Michael Haneke, who's an Austrian. Um, there is also, um, I keep forgetting names. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's alright. <laughs> um, I don't know any of them, so I'm going to have to go look into <laughs> all of these. But there's also like painters. Um, mm. That's something I wanted to ask you about because I yeah. saw you speak um, just, what was that, a week or two ago um, at that uh, atelier for the Think Tangier program. Yeah. And you were talking about how um, paintings have influenced your photographs. And when you show them side by side, it's really, it's fascinating. And I don't know how you make those connections because it's one thing to look at a painting and say, I want to try to recreate that, but then how do you how do you find that in the space, and how are you able to, yeah, make that connection through the lens? I'm um, so there was two things. I think mm -hmm. sometimes I would just, you know, the, at the moment I take the picture, um, it will remind me of some sort of painting that I've seen before. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the how to put it the um, closeness or like the similarities would not mm -hmm. be as accurate maybe as because I'm not sort of trying to recreate it no, sure. exactly as it is 
um, but it would be just like the moments it would be either the space either the light either mm -hmm. the colors um, but most of the time it will be just there and I, it just because mm -hmm. I actually seen it and I mm -hmm. just I don't know it's somewhere there in my head yeah uh, it will just came up come up again and I will just like you know it just I will see it and yeah uh, I don't know how that I think I don't know it just I think luck but it's yeah. it's 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 a bit like because mm. you really capture the quality of the painting not just the colors or the shapes or anything mm. but it's the quality that seems to be brought out in the photograph and parallels uh, it I don't know yeah but anyway <laughs> it's, nice, it's an observation <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah I think because also I think I was also interested in the relationship between the mm. two and I since like I started actually photography I was also always interested in this relationship because um, mm -hmm. There's uh, one of the painters, uh, German painters, his name is Gerard Richter. Mm -hmm. And he was actually um, one of the first painters I discovered who mm -hmm. used photographs to, or like to reproduce like photographs and paintings. Mm -hmm. And he actually not only used photographs um, as a reference, but he actually tried to reproduce the photographic sort of aesthetic in mm -hmm. his paintings. So you almost look, when you see his painting, you almost actually look at a picture or like a mm -hmm. photograph. Like a photograph. Um, and so I started actually researching um, and trying to find like those painters or, uh, or, or the, the other way around, like photographers who actually reproduce paintings. Mm -hmm. um, um, so I don't know, I think that was another way again to um, cultivate my eye and sort mm -hmm. of like it's also like I think with painting there's all also like the same qualities is it's always about composition and light mm -hmm. and um, it's done a bit differently but it's it's the same sort of principle right I find it fascinating because it's almost as if you have this deep mental archive of everything that you've looked at and that it comes out in the moment that you need it um, and I think that says a lot to how you've taught yourself, basically, because you don't have any... At this point, do you have any formal training in photography, or is it, would you say it's all self-taught? Um, I, I would say it's all self-taught. I think I did, like, a few... Not that uh, that can't be technical and formal in itself, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did, no, I did, like, a few, like, workshops or, like, um, master classes, mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call it. But yeah. um, it was more... Like it was not about like how you take pictures. This was sure. more about how you think about pictures or okay. later on. Yeah. Um, uh, because I think it is also, I think this is something people forget about. But mm -hmm. I, I mean, they don't forget about. But everyone uses it. Yeah. Use photography in their own way. Yeah. Um, but I think photography, uh, in opposition to other mediums. Mm -hmm. um, it's like the process of like um, thinking about the work starts after you take the picture and not before. Really? Well, at least to, to me. Huh. Can you explain <laughs> that more? Um, so, so let's say um, I go to ask to the word. Let's say maybe I have some sort of idea because I let's say I'm working on a subject. You know, there's a specific subject, so I go out to the word and I I try to sort of photograph something related to the subject mm -hmm. uh, let's say I take the picture and I have the picture or I have like pictures because maybe it's not just one picture mm -hmm. um, so 
the, the picture that I have is not the final, let's say, uh, product or the final end. Okay. Because, um, because this is when you actually, when you have the picture, this is when you start thinking about whether to show it or not, whether, mm. um, how to show it actually, uh, because this is also what is great with photography is mm-hmm. uh, you can still like, you can print it like in a small scale, you can print right. it large. Um, you can put it in a frame, you, you can put it on a floor. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of um, options and whether you want to accompany it with an object, whether you want to mm. write something with the... So there's um, this whole process that comes afterwards mm. uh, that is very important and also uh, where do you show the picture, whether mm. you put it on an exhibition, on a book, uh, and also like uh, thinking about the audience and mm-hmm. uh, the context of where you show it. Yeah. So I think there's all these um, elements, I think, that are very important, I would say, more than the picture itself. Mm. Um, it's almost like the curation is the art. So it is a bit of that, yeah. yeah. Almost you curate the, your own work in, mm. in, order to, in order to say something, you, you have to know what's... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm so interested in that because I've it, it is almost backwards the process and I've never heard it described like that in photography. I mean, I I did study photography a little bit in university and never got very deep into it, but I've I've never heard it put like that before. Where it's almost as if the product comes first and then the process comes after. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I see it uh, that way, but I think um, I think it's different with the sculpture and painting, mm-hmm. and so there's always like. You know, like the, the process is kind of longer to make the final, so like the picture sure. to, or like to make the sculpture, this product. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. Um, and I think with photography, it's instant. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it doesn't mean, you know, like this right. is what you, you're showing or what. You right. For you, how much process comes before actually taking the picture? So it depends on, um, on the project. So mm-hmm. let's say, if I have an idea in mind, you know, I'm working, let's say, on urban transformations in Tangier. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would go out and just try to, just like photograph things that I think were or are related to the subject. Mm. Um, and and that would be just like, it, that's all. I, I'm not going to mm-hmm. do more than that. So. Of course, you know, like uh, sometimes I would have to return to certain places because sure. uh, I think maybe the light is not mm-hmm. good at that time. Or sometimes if 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 it's a different subject, uh, sometimes I will have to research the subject before. Right. Uh, so I'm not going to be taking pictures, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, until I know exactly what is that I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it depends. Um, for instance, I I was in Marseille recently, like for a residency, mm-hmm. and I was a bit researching, um, like all the how do you call it, the housing projects in France. Okay, yeah. Because the France, for instance, they um, produce a huge amount of postcards in the sixties and seventies mm. of these housing projects. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so here, for instance, I, I and I, I was really interested in the subjects, and I started collecting the postcards mm-hmm. uh, from the sixties and seventies. So I've been doing that for three years, and and now I'm thinking about 
what can I do with this postcard? Hmm, that's a nice uh, so when I went to Marseille, I I was you know I was hoping to take some pictures, mm-hmm. uh, but I didn't because I didn't feel like I needed to because mm-hmm. I already had the material. I wanted to talk more about your work specifically in the themes you work with also because also in your talk that I was saying that I saw you were speaking about how you photograph spaces and you showed a lot of the work that you've done with Tangier and the different spaces and especially you were using the term in French um, l'espace vague I think vague space yeah, so would, you, would that translate kind of to vague space so it's it's a term called terrain vague terrain vague yeah, yeah. exactly um I find that phrase beautiful. I know it's kind of... Yeah, it is beautiful. It is also very vague. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. It has a lot of connotations and a lot of meanings. And it's it's actually uh, a term or like, yeah, I would say a term that was... um, Or it was more like an essay, Mm. um, but became a sort of notion or like concept of Terra Vac that was uh, written by... um, uh, Spanish architects in the 90s okay. um, and and he was sort of talking about the word like the meaning of the word mm-hmm. like of the terms like vague and terrain mm-hmm. and he was uh, actually talking about so the spaces or like the in in the city so he's talking mm-hmm. about city the spaces that are not used or not mm-hmm. um, uh, occupied yeah um, kind of in between spaces yeah almost. and they are available mm-hmm. and I mean, available in a sense that people can use them in right. a way. So they seem to be unused, but somehow they are actually, they serve for something right. to others, um, to the people who live in the city. Um, so it can be like abandoned buildings, abandoned mm-hmm. factories. It can be like those sort of uh, open spaces. Yeah, or like the in between. of yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I was interested in that sort of concept uh, because I... In 2016, I started photographing those um, abandoned buildings. Yeah. Um, I also was thinking about those buildings, um, like at the, like what meaning they represent to the mm-hmm. city. Um, and for instance, I think Tangier in particular uh, had a lot of um, speculation about mm-hmm. around like housing estates and right. And also uh, there was a lot of. I'm not, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. <laughs> can always cut it out if we need to. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of drug trafficking in the 90s. And there I was think lo- that's common knowledge, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of people investing in land and sure. uh, buildings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes when they, those people got arrested, their buildings also were abandoned. Were sort of like stopped and yeah. um, stayed in a mid-construction right and they're these really grand buildings sometimes yeah. too yeah. and you do see that um, so I was thinking about that I was thinking about the yeah the speculation after like two, 2012 because Tangier was um, participating into uh, the Tangier yeah, exp- so it's Expo do, yeah so it's a universal mm-hmm. exhibition yeah Expo yeah mm-hmm. and uh, so there was also a lot of uh, people investing in mm. buildings and building like sure. uh, ha- like housing estates um, so anyway um, I don't know why I'm talking about that no no because we were talking about the subjects that you're exploring yeah 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 so I also like I was interested in that and then uh-huh. I went into um, like this 
small um, spaces in between like buildings like where there is a bit of grass mm -hmm. and that people actually uh, use those spaces as a, a space to either play or to right. have kind a picnic or community gathering almost yeah. yeah but spaces that are not supposed or not um, distant to be like uh, right they're not parks or no. spaces created for so, that yeah. so yeah I was interested in that sort of space mm -hmm. um that's in a way is also a terrain vague and so it sort of um, came together with the building so I was also interested in how can I link the two things together mm. um, and because there was also like a, um, a lack I mean it is there is still a lack of green spaces or yeah, like parks sure. and gardens um, so I thought about making this exhibition in 2018 mm -hmm. That was called La Pelouse et mon dernier refuge. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was about <clears throat> the translation would be something like the grass is my last refuge. I mean, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Uh, and it's so. So the way I thought the exhibition was showing mainly those massive blocks of concrete blocks mm -hmm. uh, in large format prints. Um, and so and there was only like two small pictures mm -hmm. in the show that showed grass uh, mm. or like a, so there was like two pictures put together next to each other um, one showing um, a kind of cardboard bed mm -hmm. uh, installed in a oh, piece yes. of grass mm -hmm. and the other one showed a person covered in a green um, cover I don't know green yeah. um uh, blanket? Blanket, yeah. yeah. Green blanket. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was invisible, actually. So mm. he, he almost became part of the grass. Mm -hmm. um, so the two images sort of showed um, at the same time absence. Mm -hmm. So there was the cardboard bed that shows the absence of the person mm -hmm. and showed at the same time invisibility. So mm -hmm. there was this person who's present but almost invisible. Sure. Um, so for me it was talking about the invisibility and the absence of those mm -hmm. spaces in the city and how actually the buildings that are very uh, big and like present um, are actually uh, dominating mm. I, I just thought it was really interesting also um, because you know you are photographing spaces and buildings and yet at this um, at this talk this woman asked you why aren't you photographing people? Mm -hmm. um, and I found that to be such an odd question personally, <laughs> um, just because I feel like your work, you still feel this humanity within it. And you still feel that even if there aren't people visibly in the photograph, you're having this conversation between people and the space and maybe even yourself in the space. And so it's not always necessary to have a person in the frame to feel that mm -hmm. conversation. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if, as you're taking the photographs or as you are curating the photographs, if you feel that sense of being in conversation with the city, with the space. For example, one thing I remember when you were living in London and I visited mm -hmm. you there for the first mm -hmm. time, I asked you if you were taking photographs in London mm -hmm. and you mentioned to me that you weren't because you don't feel like you knew the city well enough. I think mm -hmm. you maybe been there only for a year or two yeah. at that point, um, which is actually quite a long time. It's more than, you know, just a little tourist yeah, visit. Yeah. 
But it seems like for you to really photograph a space, you need to know it kind of from the inside out. Okay. And so I'm wondering, I'm just curious why that is for you. Because there are, of course, travel photographers who go to a place they don't know at all and just take mm-hmm. a bunch of pictures. Mm-hmm. But for you, it seems to be a deeper relationship with the place where you are. Well, I think I need, in order to engage with the space or with the environment mm-hmm. that I'm photographing, I feel like I need to know more about it, whether it's history or the, um, whether it just like feel comfortable in the space. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's why also I've been photographing Tangier and I keep returning here and taking mm-hmm. pictures here because um, there is a kind of relationship uh, you create with the space uh, uh, that is sort of I mean, whether it's personal or not, I think in ta- mm-hmm. with Tanjay, it's more personal right. than any other place because this is where I was born in right. um, a city that I knew from mm-hmm. from since I was born and right. I can see the changes. So I'm more sort of aware of, um, you know, like the changes, the history, the transformations that happened to the city mm-hmm. than any other place. Mm-hmm. Uh, which wasn't actually easy at the beginning to mm. start photographing the space where you actually right. familiar with. Well, you started with your own neighborhood, didn't you? And taking yeah. portraits of people in your neighborhood in Mission. Yeah. So. But I'm just saying, yeah, I think uh, I need to feel like that there is a reason why I'm taking pictures. Not always, but most of the time I need to find a reason. And, and that sort of reason was that I've I sort of start seeing the city changing and changing in a way that I didn't feel it was right. Mm, um, yeah. And I, so I just tried to sort of raise my voice and, mm. you know, like uh, try to engage with the city and with, and give like, you know, like my own sort of opinion mm-hmm. about those changes. Um, so in a way, I need that sort of like thing. I need to mm-hmm. feel the space. With London, I, I think... Um, you know it's a different I mean I didn't know much about the culture about the city it's much much more bigger city mm-hmm. uh, it has a much longer history and it's also um, a place that has been photographed a lot has been invested right. a lot so you know for me to come up you know from nowhere and start I mean, you know, nowhere, but. <laughs> I, I think I think you can take pictures, of course, but yeah. you know it has to have a meaning for you. Sure. And I just didn't feel like there was anything that's, mm-hmm. you that you could say. Yeah, that, that I could mm-hmm. say. Um, although you know, I did this small project, uh, which happened to be natural. Like it's not like I forced things, mm-hmm. but it just happened. Um, while I was taking pictures of this like street corner mm-hmm. in London of um, mattresses mm-hmm, right um, that was quite recent though wasn't it yeah that was last yeah. last year and how long have you been in London now uh, so I've been in London for three and a half years okay yeah uh, so it's taken that long to <laughs> start to feel comfortable photographing it yeah to build um, your relationship but it was it, it was also like it's not I did not um, have any sort of expectations mm-hmm. while I was taking these pictures it sure. was just about you know like Again, it's about like observing the space. Mm-hmm. Um, I like sort of. I mean, I talked about uh, Georges Perec. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you ever read Georges Perec. He's a French writer. I know the name. Um, I don't know if I've ever read his work. But I really like Georges Perec writing because mm-hmm. he's very. He's paying attention to details. Mm. 
but not only details, but it's about the sort of. Um, sorry, I I'm <laughs> losing <right>. my vocabulary <laughs> this okay. morning. Uh, That's okay. So he's paying attention to um, the space that is around around like the, our environments, but mm -hmm. like things that are not important that are uh, mundane. I don't know if you can mm, say mundane. Yeah, in... mundane. Mm -hmm. So he managed to actually create something interesting out of those um, ordinary things. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think this is something I relate to in my work because I really try to sort of choose things that are familiar or like mm -hmm. we see every day and we don't pay attention to and actually find something interesting about them sure so i think what i was doing in london was just like i was just going to my work and I, and it just happened that what like while i was walking towards my work I, i've noticed that mattresses keeps mm -hmm. changing mm -hmm. and like the arrangements of the mattresses changes every day mm -hmm. and sometimes they would be just like new ones sure. <laughs> <laughs> so that sort of like um um catch my I or like attention mm -hmm. so I just actually decided to document that sort of process of changing sure. uh, so I was just like going to work and I would stop at the same place every day and photograph this space and just leave mm -hmm. um, but then you know like I started questioning okay why is the why the mattresses are changing mm -hmm. then I realized actually there's someone living there like sleeping there sure. and then one day it happened that they built like a fence to prevent the person from mm. sleeping there uh, so then b this became a sort of project mm -hmm. later but it didn't you know I didn't intend yeah to... it's a kind of backwards process again yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm curious not that we have to define or label ourselves but I'm curious about how you would define yourself as a photographer because I think you can be many different roles you could see yourself as strictly an artist maybe as a biographer, you know, kind of telling the story of your own life or as a journalist documenting others' lives. And I wonder if you have ever thought about what your role is kind of behind the camera, if that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a very tricky question, but I think I think I prefer to say just artist. Although, you know, I think I would say photographer, but then I think the, when you say photographer, uh, many people think of you as a photojournalist or right. that's um, a sort of profession but I think you know I think I'm more I fall into like the artist sort mm -hmm. of like side or like the uh, artistic sort of part of the photography mm -hmm. um, although it's like it's photography based it's like you know like the, the medium but I think there's other disciplines that are involved with mm -hmm. Um, there's research, there's sociology, uh, there's history. So I don't know. I think I would. I think I just try. I I just define myself as an artist. Yeah. I think that's um, or visual artist. I don't know. Um, and how did you feel that immediately when you started photographing, or has it taken time to be able to adopt that? Uh, I think it did take time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. I think when I started, I didn't know. Whether I mean I'm taking that seriously or not, I, I did it for fun. I think there's a lot mm. of fun as well uh, in taking pictures. There is a lot of excitement, uh, and um, I think I just enjoyed it. So I didn't think of what I was or like what I wanted to be or become. Mm -hmm. um, but it just happened naturally. I think mm. um, I don't think I pushed it okay. so much. And how do you? 
This is a big question, so you can take your time. But how would you define being an artist? Okay. <laughs> you can take as much time as you need. <laughs> okay. Um, being an artist, I think it just engaging with the world that is around you. And I think it is about telling stories or... Mm. Um, yeah, I think I, I would say telling stories that are sort of hidden or not uh, familiar to people, mm -hmm. but tell it from a different perspective sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, and and for me, I think, I, I don't believe that art is sort of like going to change the world. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> uh, but if it yeah. changes one person's mind, for me, mm -hmm. it's already great. Yeah. So I think, I think it is also about the audience. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not only about... Um, you know, you can tell those stories, but it's very important that there is an audience that can see the work or like engage with the work. Mm -hmm. So, so for me, it is a sort of conversation between you and the others. Mm. And I don't know. I think I'm being too vague, but no, no, I, I understand. Um, but I think, yeah, I think you have to catch others' attention mm -hmm. and. And create some kind of conversation. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the most important for me is um, this kind of exchange, whether it's yeah. direct or indirect, because you're not always there to talk to the public. But exactly. I think uh, for me, that's the meaning of what I do is to engage with others mm -hmm. and um, and have a kind of conversation. Yeah, I I think I agree with you. I think that is what it's what it is for me as well and I as you say that I also am self-reflecting and think it's interesting that I'm now taking that literally and having <laughs> conversations with yeah. artists and yet for me also this process of even making this podcast feels similar to a creative process to me because it is that exchange and it's that conversation mm -hmm. I mean that's, that's precisely what it all is and I think through conversations you can change things mm. and uh you can raise questions about uh, things you think are important yeah. uh, to to be talked about or to debate right. about certain issues. You know, I think that that's yeah. what I think. Yeah. So, do you, with your work, do you feel like you're talking to a specific audience? Are you trying to talk maybe specifically to people in Tangier, or is it a little bit more global? Hmm. And then. Second question along yeah. with that is what 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 are you hoping that they're getting from that? Um, so yeah, when I think about audience, um, I always try to think that my audience should be more global. Okay. Um, so that's when I think about my work, and I I think when I do the work, I should think okay, this is something that everyone should be able to engage with. Mm -hmm. Kind of just human um, connection. Yeah. And then I try to make it more specific. Uh, I say that it is about a space. It is about location. Mm -hmm. It is about Tangier. So it is people from Tangier will engage sure. more with the work than maybe others. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm always thinking about other uh, movements, art movements, or arts mm -hmm. uh, or artists, and um, and I sometimes try to incorporate it into my work it is mm -hmm. indirectly sure. put there but um, so then later some people can engage with it yeah. uh, although they're not necessarily interested in the Tangier so there's right. 
aesthetics there is you know like the way you show the work it can be just about that it's, it doesn't right. have to be about the subjects uh, you know you're talking right, about it can be just about the form you show the work um, uh, but then it would be like a different audience and I'm sure it's not everyone who will be engaged with the work because mm -hmm. you know people not everyone should like your work People, right yeah. that means you're making so, something bland yeah <laughs> so i don't know it is a bit like i don't know I, this is how i think about my work mm -hmm. but so the second part of that was what um what do you is there something you're hoping they take away from it or maybe a message you're hoping to convey and talk about um i think so i think well i, I mean well, more generally i know each project yeah, kind yeah, of has its own yeah, specific yeah. thing but overall as an artist, do you feel like there's maybe an underlying theme that you're working with? Um, I would say there's always something to do with architecture. I mean, there's always, mm -hmm. I'm always in a strange way, think about architecture in my projects mm -hmm. and relate to architecture. But um, I hope, you know, like to make changes, but mm -hmm. um, I mean, raising questions about um, you know, like parks and stuff in Tangier, mm -hmm. maybe it will one day uh, make someone realize actually, mm. oh, let's do that. Or um, but I, I don't, I don't want to think about my work that way because sure. um, because I'm not a politician, you know. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm an artist, so I just do the work, and then, mm -hmm. and then you know. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't think I have a specific theme that I'm mm -hmm. well even just inspiring change even if that's even if that comes a bit after the process that can still be a part of it and something you hope for in your work yeah I would say that yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice um well as we start to wrap this up there are a couple questions that I always ask everyone so are there any daily rituals that you have that help enhance your creative life because you live quite a creative life I mean you're always it seems like you're always making work and doing residencies and is there something you do in your day specifically to help that um I think I do read a lot mm. um and I I think I go to exhibitions I mm. go to see other people work I think this is um, for me. It's the most important thing to to be always actually in updated about what is mm -hmm. in the art world, and uh, it's always um, a source of inspiration for mm -hmm. me to to look at other people's work. I I sometimes also go for walks. I really mm -hmm. enjoy walking. I now cycle as well, which is a bit oh, no. different. Um, yeah. Thing, but I think there's a lot of ideas that comes to me when I'm walking, mm. uh, and I really enjoy walking in London. It's, uh, yeah. I think I like this idea of being getting lost in yeah. a place, and it seems that London is still this place where you can still get lost even after absolutely many years. <laughs> yes. Um, and so yeah, I think I I don't do much. I think that's. Uh, Oh, that's plenty. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's mainly what I think where my ideas come from and yeah. my inspiration. Yeah. Um, Always looking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any interests that are seemingly unrelated to your work? So something that may surprise people to know that you're interested in. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun to know this because I think as an artist, we can get so kind of focused inside of the bubble of our work. 
Um, and it's nice to know that artists also have these outside lives and are maybe interested in something silly or un- unrelated, you know? Um, no, I started swimming recently. I mean, mm. about a year ago. And I I think I really enjoy it. I think it's also... Um, I mean, I knew how to swim. Sure. But <laughs> I didn't know how to swim perfectly, like to be like right. a good swimmer. And it feels this is uh, something new for me now, like mm-hmm. to um, to make a progress and to learn new skills. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoy it. I think sometimes it's nice also to do something that is not necessarily related to your art practice. Absolutely. Um, and something that you can feel or like you can make progress. Mm-hmm. So you actually have some um, sense of achievement. Yeah, um, exactly. So that's something I do now. I mean, I'm always hoping to be more active in terms of doing some mm-hmm. sport, but it's just like so difficult, I yeah. find it, um, mm-hmm. to keep a rhythm. Um, just because I think of the nature of the jobs I have, so there's no, right. there's no routine. Right, exactly. Um, so I can't keep it like organized and sort of yeah um, do you prefer that do you like the kind of spontaneity of your routine or do you miss having more of a structure uh, well i don't know i think now at the at this time i mm. i wish i had that this kind of routine and mm. like be able to do the same things and uh, like this idea of repetition and um yeah just like doing the same task every day waking mm-hmm. up at the same hours yeah um, but you know, I mean, I also enjoy the fact that it's a bit like messy and yeah, uh, sure, <laughs> allows for that natural creativity. <laughs> Perfect. Um, well, is there anything you're working on at the moment that you'd like to talk about? Uh, yeah, I think um, so. There's two things. I think there is the projects in France I already mentioned, mm-hmm. yeah. which is a bit. You know, I'm still in the research. I'm still also thinking about how to get funding for the project. Ah, of <laughs> Always part of it. <laughs> I think it's also something we forget about, but it's also important to have um, uh, money to make the work. Um, mm-hmm. So there's this project, and there's also a project that I've started in 2016, which is a bit mad mm-hmm. as a project, okay. or like an obsession. I think this is also something artists do. They are obsessed with things. And, um, <laughs> sure. and, and so I'm obsessed with photographing this billboard Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, so there, there's this billboard in the middle of nowhere, in between Tanjay and Asila. Mm-hmm. Um, just like in, like on the, on the level of the highway, mm-hmm. that has been abandoned for since 2012. Okay. Um, so for me, it's it has a meaning. So mm-hmm. um, it's a billboard that was sort of showing like the Tanjay Expo. Right. And so th- this billboard is falling apart. I So I first was driving next to it and I stopped and I took a picture. Mm-hmm. And then I think next year I passed next to it again and I saw that's already half of it has disappeared. <laughs> wow. Uh, but so I decided, okay, that's interesting. So I took another picture and then I return. I keep returning every six months, mm-hmm. uh, more or less. And so each time I would return, there would be a missing part so I thought maybe it's people actually who actually take taking it yeah. yeah each time a bit or like a so I'm actually 
let's say documenting the process of disappearance mm-hmm. of the disappearance of the building of the billboard and for me it has different meanings um it's at the same time i think billboards are this kind of structures that um, shows power and like you know mm-hmm. uh, capitalism capitalism <laughs> yeah and sort of like to see it's like um um how to say like deterioration this, yeah kind of. for me it's a sort of metaphor of what's happened or like all these buildings i was photographing that has been mm-hmm. left or abandoned yeah um, so this building actually becomes the sort of image that represents this idea of mm. a failure or abundance and so actually i'm trying to photograph it from with the same light so that's why i go there each time at it's time. five o'clock in the morning really <laughs> so wow. it has to be at the sunrise yeah uh from the same place this should be the same more or less light so i didn't want to have any clouds so wow. sometimes i would go there for five six days on a row wow. <laughs> um so that's why i'm saying it's an obsession a little bit <laughs> <laughs> but it is interesting, interesting because yeah. then you know going there i start meeting people who are mm. like going to work it's it's yeah. not a place where you meet usually people no <laughs> yeah in the middle of a highway <laughs> but you know there is a life around it and sure. um so i have a project in my mind mm-hmm. uh, that i want to do with this cool. when it's completely gone mm. i'm also really interested in that because it's almost the opposite of what's happening in tangier while this billboard as you said kind of this symbol of power and capitalism mm. and all that is deteriorating inside the city it's actually you know everything's growing everything's mm-hmm. becoming more i don't know profitable and yeah, yeah. more expensive and it's it's um yeah there's yeah. a contrast i don't know if you think of that at all but it just came into my mind no i think i, I actually funny enough i've been thinking about the idea of disappearance um together with the idea of transformation mm. and that actually most of the time i i suppose um when we talk about transformation or like when we try to show transformation we show what has been the new things that has sure. come up i don't know i never seen any projects where we show actually what has been there and disappeared mm-hmm. yeah. um and this is something i'm also doing in london which i didn't talk about but okay. um and in london because i also live in those places they call they are called uh, guardianship right yeah so there are buildings that are supposed to be demolished mm-hmm. and where we put people t- to live for a certain amount of time mm-hmm. and then when you know when they have to demolish the building they ask people to leave this mm-hmm. is where actually i'm living wow. in this kind of building so yeah. i keep moving actually and really? each time i move the building disappears huh um wow. so how existential <laughs> <laughs> it is a bit also about transformation like yeah. of the of the space like there's a new place that is that would be built and a, a transformation of a culture that is also mm. disappearing yeah um so in a way there is this idea somewhere like disappearing yeah. disappearance and transformation coming uh, together Mm. I'm so interested to see where that goes with your work. So where where can people find your work online probably? Um yeah, so I'm running a bit behind because I I have a website but it's okay. not updated. Okay. Um but I also have Instagram which is more a sort of blog. So I would say yeah, I think Instagram or All right. Uh, I think it's the more active sort of uh, space where Perfect. Right, good things. Although there's not much about 
my personal project, but it is the place where... Occasionally, occasionally, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Perfect, well, I will put a link to that in the show notes then. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. Thank you it's been for a real having pleasure. me. Thank you for having thank me. Thank you, Hisham. <laughs> To discover Hisham's work, head over to his website, hishamgardaf.com, or follow him on Instagram at gardaf, G-A-R-D-A-F. To read more about what we discussed in this conversation, head over to the show notes at rubyjosephine.com under the podcast tab. You can also follow this podcast on Instagram or Facebook at Process Peace and get these episodes delivered directly to your inbox along with a whole lot of extra inspiration by subscribing to my newsletter, The Sunday Pancake, Letters in Reverence of Creative Rituals. Just go to rubyjosephine.com slash subscribe. If you've been enjoying Process Peace, I would so appreciate you choosing to support this podcast in any or all of three ways. One, by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. Two, by sharing your favorite episode with a friend or on social media. And three, by directly supporting production and buying me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash rubyjo. Thanks again to Hisham for having this conversation with me. A huge thanks to Cooper Lee Smith for creating the original music for this podcast. And as always, a special thank you to you for listening. Thank you.